0: Except for me, yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, um, we are going to jump into this message right away. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And um, Happy New Year again. I hope you're getting your bearings. I know the first week, usually for me, is like getting, okay, it's 2020 and... My email box is, you know, got a million messages and what's happening and, you know, um, all these different things you have to kind of figure out in your own work as well as uh, in your family. Um, and I feel finally now like I can start the new year. You know, we're starting the new year well. I know some of us are um, on crutches and I just want to say we're thinking about you. We're praying about you. We love you. Amen. Um, and uh, I appreciate your great attitudes. Uh, all three of my brothers and sisters. And uh, we, we love you. And I do wish that I had the power of healing. Man, that would be great, right? I tried it on Evan, but um, who knows? You know, it, it, it might work, right? I tried it. I, come on, I tried. In the name of Jesus, you know? I, I think his name is powerful still, amen? amen. And um, uh, I also just want to say, wherever you're at in your life right now, and feeling, I do think... Today I want to talk about how we're all works in progress. That none of us have arrived, right? That we're all works in progress. And that word progress is a great word. And it's a word that I think is, is biblical. You know, sanctification, right? When when we are get, getting transformed into the likeness of Christ. Um, I, was, I still counsel people sometimes. I see a couple clients uh, through mental health and... I was on, I was on uh, you know, kind of a, um, an online counseling appointment with them, and I could see how black and white they were thinking. You know, one of the things uh, this gentleman said was, if I really wanted to change, I would have changed already. You know, and you, you get this situation, and they're feeling a little hopeless, you know? And, and I was trying to help them understand that's not how change happens. Change doesn't happen overnight, Especially with some of our greatest weaknesses And and being a missionary doesn't happen overnight, amen That's not something that that you're just going to become And that's why we're taking this time To make progress in it, amen And so what's your goal through this whole time? I just want to be more of a missionary than I was When we started, amen And that's the goal And I know that when we do that, God uses us Last week we talked about how um, the main motivation for being a missionary Is what? Love. Is love Is because Jesus loved us first 1 right. John, right? 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 We love We're missionaries Because Jesus was the first missionary That's right. And you know, when I hear When you hear missionary It can feel like, what is a missionary, right? And And so I looked up the definition Of what a missionary is And the definition in the uh, Webster Dictionary can't do missionary justice, right? Because it it seems so bland, right, the way they say it. And this is the definition. A missionary is a member of the religious group sent into an area to promote their faith. Sounds good. Or perform ministries of service such as education, literacy, social justice, health care, and economic development. Interesting. See, that's how the, the, the world defines a missionary. Um, I define it as this we're the ones that love first. And I like keeping things simple. You know, I was loved first. Somebody in, was on a basketball court while I was playing. I remember I was dribbling two balls, you know, getting into it, you know, when I was obsessive and compulsive with the game of basketball. I slept with the ball, you know. I, I dribbled, you know, I saw that movie Pistol Pete, and you ever seen Pistol Pete Maravich? He used to dribble while his dad was driving the car. You know, he was just intense, right? And um, he actually became a born-again Christian later in his life, and he said, I've been, I, I put all my life into basketball, and it was a mistake. It was amazing, you know, just to hear his testimony. I should have put all my life into Christ and it's amazing just to see him and you know for me i i i really adopted his mindset and so i was playing basketball and doing all these things and he's like what are you doing you know he, i think the holy spirit was like look at that guy that's crazy i was dribbling i was doing figure eights with two balls you know which is kind of a crazy thing to do and i haven't touched a basketball in such a long time now it's funny but i was Jumping rope, doing doubles, crosses, you know, doing all this stuff. And so the Holy Spirit was like, that guy's crazy. Go talk to him. And so this guy, Olu, came up to me and was like, what are you doing? It was like kind of like Jesus came up to the people back then. You know, come follow me, you know. And, And he said, would you like to come to church? And I remember thinking, so stunned by someone doing this missionary thing or sharing their faith. In a, secular, in a secular place like a gym. And I, I never heard anything like that. No one's ever come up to me and said, would you like to come to church? And, and I was so shocked. I was like, I, I admired the guy's courage. And I thought, let me, let me check this out. You know, and I came and the rest is history. Um, I became a disciple in three weeks from that first service. Amazing. Um, but that person, Olu, loved me first. That's what a missionary is. A missionary is someone who loves first. And Olu was motivated. First of all, he wasn't on staff. He wasn't in leadership. He was just going to school at NYU. He was going to, you know, doing the pre-med track. So he's super busy. He was doing track as well. He had no time, really, in in the secular realm to go share his faith. But he decided in that moment he was going to love me first. And because of that, I'm here. You know, And I'm so grateful for that. Today we're going to talk about missionaries, a work, works in progress. That's what we are. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, and we'll jump into the passage. I think a familiar passage that all of us know, if we've done the discipleship study. Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 16. Um, it says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew, casting an end into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And he left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. You know, this is an amazing story. This is an amazing story that you know, obviously, this wasn't the first time they met Jesus. I, I don't believe that at all. You know, I believe they had encounters with Jesus. You know, I think Luke 5 was an encounter with Jesus. That that Luke 5 and Mark 1 were kind of combined into one story. They caught so much fish, Mark uh, Luke 5 says, that they couldn't bring it into their boat. And they were amazed, like, who is this man? John the Baptist was a lot of their... Their, their religious leader at the time, their, their rabbi, they followed John the Baptist and their teacher, their amazing prophet, right? John the Baptist, who was baptizing everyone in the region of Jordan, said, Look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, whose, whose feet I am not, you know, whose, whose sandals I'm not unworthy to tie. I can't even be this man's slave. He's so great. You know? And so they, they, they believed in John's testimony. And so when each came up to him, he wasn't just saying, hey, believe in me. They already believed in him. They, he was choosing them to be missionaries. He was calling them to change their, their work and change their purpose in life. They were fishermen. That's what they did. Now he was calling them to fish for people. Interesting. Now, if we take this thought into an understanding, we realize that fishing isn't learned overnight. Amen? Amen? And AJ's not here, so I wish he was here. Either is Wade, because both of them are, are really... I don't know if they're serious fishermen, <laughs> but they're, they're more serious than I am. I remember we were uh, fishing uh, at a lake that uh, Lindsay and AJ's friends know about, and some of us have been there. He's like, this lake is stock. It's, you cannot lose just come and we'll fish. And we'll catch so many small fish. And I'm like, is it, is it okay? He's like, yeah, this is fine. They're, they're, you know, they're, some of you are going to catch a sunfish. We'll, I know how to eat those. I was like, sunfish? You're going to eat sunfish? Okay. And there's also going to be trout. And he was so excited. So we went out there and we're out there with Josh and, and, and no, I don't know if they remember. But at one point, we just, we just kept catching fish. It was like, you just put your line in. Put your line in. at one point. I think Josh pulled his line up and he smacked Noah in the face with a fish, right? Blah! You know what I mean? He, he was like, I got one, I got one! Well, bam! And then Noah's like, what are you doing? And did get into a fight and, and we're just, stop fighting, we need to catch more fish and so we caught more fish. And we, you know, it then it was amazing, it took longer to clean and prepare the fish. Like three times as long. And I was like, this is how they used to live? Are you serious? You know what I mean? Like, it takes like all day for you to eat, you know, back in the day. I'm so grateful that I can just go and get my frozen salmon, you know what I mean? <laughs> just pick it up, right? But it was so much fun, and we had a lot of fun, and we were with someone who knew how to fish. We knew we, had, we were with someone who understood where to go for the fish, and it made everything so awesome, right? I've also had fishing trips that were not so successful. And, and it was also times when you'd go out and you, you'd try to catch a fish. I remember one time I was so inspired and, and, and we were at this, the Sebago Lake, which is the hugest lake I've ever seen in my life. And I know people that live in Michigan would say, ha ha ha, what are you talking about? But I was out there and I'm like, I'm gonna go out on my kayak and catch some, some, some you know, inland salmon. I saw these people at the, um, at the local store come and they just were carrying these fish, these huge fish into the, and like we caught a bunch of fish, and I was like, where'd you catch them? In the same lake you're, you're on. I'm like, whoa. And it was funny, the local people, you know the local people there? They're like, oh, these people are you know, vacationing in you know, Sebago, and they're like, I'm like, how do you catch the fish? Oh, you just go out there and throw your line in. Now, they were lying. <laughs> you don't do that. They're like trolling with like all this equipment, I didn't know that, I didn't know about trolling. I thought trolling was like on the internet, you know, you troll people, you know what I mean? I didn't know trolling was like a, a boat thing, you know, where you're going fast and you're picking up fish, you know? And, and so, I got, you know, he, the one thing they said is you really need to go down deep. They said that to me, I was like, okay. Now this lake is like 200 feet deep, you know what I mean? Even more at some places. So picture me, I'm on a kayak. Like in the middle of the lake, throwing, and I'm just like, I just put a lure down. I'm just like, I think I'm going to catch something. Do you think I caught anything? No way. One thing that happened is a boat went by, pushed a big wave, and I went, whoops. That's the only thing that happened. That's the only adventure I happened. And I've been there too, right? I remember being a Boy Scout, right? I was a Boy Scout back in the day. Uh, I, I I was getting my fishing merit badge, and here we are, fishing merit badge. Let's go. He was like, "We're doing it tonight." I'm like, "What do you mean? We, to to get a fishing merit badge, you got to catch 20 fish." And there's like 10 of us. He's like, "You are gonna get your fishing merit badge, because I'm taking to a place that has catfish that are just jumping out of the water." And I was like, "So we spent the night there." And this guy, this awesome guy, I don't even know his name. I, I was young. He just was amazing. He took us to this place, and we just started catching catfish, just like AJ was showing. We just, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. We all got our merit badges that day, you know? And, and the exhilaration of catching a fish. I mean, who's done that? Who's actually caught a fish before? I mean, most of us have, right? If you haven't, you've got to try, right? It's, it's like, you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, first thing you do is you look at the person that you're with, and you give them that look like, you know, the other thought is, oh, no, what am I going to do now? You know what I mean? And then and then usually you catch fish. I was at the preteen camp and I remember this doctor who I believe he was very benevolent, but he wasn't that benevolent because he was a doctor for the preteen camp. And the only reason he told me he came was certainly to serve God, but also to fish as much as possible. And there was this little pond in uh, the preteen camp that was stocked. And some of us know who are preteen camp where that is. And they have huge, huge fish in there. Okay. So you can, you know, there's turtles too and you can catch some things. And a lot of times you catch a little sun, you know, trout, these different things. And there's sometimes you, you catch a largemouth bass. And so I'm out there. It's my first time going to preteen camp. I'm like out of sorts. We have little Joshua. He's, he's real young at the time. And he's like, let's go out and catch a fish. And so I threw out my line and I don't know what I'm doing and all of a sudden the line just goes like this you know underneath the 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 boat and I'm like oh what's that and I'm like oh it's just a twig because we were kind of moving I'm like it's just like a big log I'm connected to then all of a sudden it started going like this he's like you caught one baby he was so fired up he was like let's do it so he gets he gets the big thing and it was a huge largemouth bass and he was like yeah he was so fired up you know and I was like He's like, that's the biggest thing I've ever seen. He, he, he gets on the water and he starts showing it to all the preteens. He's going around with this fish. And then I'm like, it's going to die. Like, you're going to kill this fish. And it's amazing. He knew, he knew exactly when to put it back in the water. And, the, 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 you know, the big, huge monster went away, you know. And he was okay. But to think about how you catch. And I have these stories. I know you have your stories. What about souls? What would it be like to catch a soul for Christ? That's so much more exhilarating. Yeah. That's just not even close to being, and a lot of us have, have done it. You know, it's always cool. Who's caught men before? You know, you could raise your hand and go, yes, I have. Some of us have been involved, and it doesn't mean just, oh, I have to meet the person and, and bring them to Christ. Just be a part of that process. I remember baptizing Sherry in our garage. <laughs> that was Amazing. That was amazing. What an amazing miracle, right? There's so many memories I have of you guys coming into the, the, the family of God. What an opportunity. Jesus said to them, I'm going to make you someone who catches souls. You know? And I know it's inspiring. And I wanted to talk about the heart because I love the, the ASV, uh, American Standard Version. It says, Come follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. See, I like this version better because it's, first of all, a more uh, correct Greek version. Um, The NIV is great, but the ASV is better. I I say that with all humility, you know. And I will make you become fishers of men. See, that's encouraging, right? Oh, oh, you're going to help me with this Jesus? And and didn't they become great fishers of men? But at first, they weren't so great. They went to one Samaritan village, and they were giving them, they're talking smack back to the apostles. And they wanted to be like Elijah. They were like, let's call down fire on this town. They're not worthy, you know. And, and, and Jesus is like, no, 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 what are you doing? He rebuked them and told them not to do it. Um, there were so many times the disciples, as we know, if you read the book of, Uh, The gospels We realize how much They were And so Two simple points today Follow Jesus And second point is Try new things If you want to ask me What it means to be a disciple That's what it means Really That's what it means You love Jesus so much You follow him And when you follow Jesus When you really follow Jesus He rubs off on you Doesn't he? Hasn't Jesus rubbed off on you? Amen. I can't explain it. I can explain it theologically, but I can't explain it on a, a, a reality level. The Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit of Jesus Christ is inside of you if you've been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And, and He changes you by you following Him. It's amazing. I've seen all of you change and become more like Christ. And he's going to make you become fishers of men. And so for us, think about the fact that we're all works in progress, that Jesus is going to make us become. And that's what this series is all about. Being a missionary, it really starts with following Jesus. Why are we doing this? Because we love Jesus. Amen. You know, people like Peter and Paul, they were works in progress. Amen. And sometimes you think, oh, these guys, they, they, just, they just spiritual people. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not that spiritual. Let me just keep it real. Peter, fisher, fisherman, becomes a fisher of men. He gets called Satan by Jesus because he's trying to stop our Lord from going to the cross. Think about that for a second. What if Jesus was like, you know, you're right. I shouldn't do that. You know, when someone rebukes you, how about this? You don't always have to listen to them. I don't suggest calling them Satan back, but <laughs> not everyone that rebukes you is correct. So always remember to use scripture, right? And, 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 and rebukes are, are done out of love, but people can be wrong. And, and, and this person was dead wrong. He goes from walking on water to, to making the great confession of the Christ to getting the keys to the kingdom to trying to stop Jesus going to the cross and being called Satan then saying I will never ever ever deny you I will, I, if everyone else leaves I'm going to be there the same night he be, denies that he even knows Jesus three times and then even after they saw the resurrected Christ he was out there fishing again that's stubbornness right there a little bit you know what I love about Peter is he, he, he's all in. I mean, he jumps in, but he's also, he also can be a little stubborn. You know, he also can be a little, a little just out there, you know, and, and sometimes be irrational and passionate in a way that can be great for God, but also can be scary, right? Yeah. He goes from doing that, and Jesus reinstates him and says, he calls him back to the same thing feed my sheep he preaches at pentecost built the jerusalem jerusalem church opened the keys of the kingdom to both jew and gentile and some historians say that he went as far as england to preach the word amazing he before coming back and being crucified upside down in 64 ad by nero that's his journey wasn't he a work in progress? I love that about the Bible. The Bible's real. The Bible isn't this fairy tale book. This is real people. Real people, real sins. I mean, they told you David slept with Bathsheba. Man, that makes me believe the word more. You know, all other religious books paint this beautiful picture of all these people and prophets. Our text says, "Let me tell you about their sins and weaknesses." Wow. And let me show you how awesome God is. Paul, right? Work in progress. Pharisee of Pharisees. Religious out of religious people, you know? He was persecuting the Christians and killed Stephen. Amazing. Blinded by the light, right? Couldn't see. Many people think that it still caused him that weakness in 2 Corinthians 12. The weakness with his eyesight. That he said, look, how I write in big letters, you know, Um, and someone else had to write. You know, someone smart like Paul, why did he need a scribe? Think about that. Well, he was too important to write down stuff. No, I think he needed a scribe because he couldn't see that well. And so he lived with that weakness in his life, all his life. But did he let that stop him? For those that have crutches, I just want to encourage you. Don't let anything stop you From being a missionary And for those that don't have crutches We all have our excuses right Why we can't be missionaries If Paul could walk around Basically you know somewhat Not seeing that great How about us amen Amen. Um, Ananias finds him Through the Holy Spirit heals him And calls him to the Gentile to, To preach the message to the Gentiles Isn't it crazy Talk about trying new things Paul goes from the Jew of Jews, never eating with a Gentile in his life, in in their home, to being the apostle of the Gentiles. I think I can try to get a prayer spot in my hometown. I think I can try to, like, go talk to my Goliath. If this dude's eating pork, think about that. He was eating pork. And, you know, for all his life, he's never eaten pork. And now he's eating pork. He's eating pork that's, like, Blood sacrificed. And he's doing it so he can become all things to all men. Amazing. Paul was on a journey. He then takes three missionary journeys, testifies to the kings, writes most of the Bible, and is beheaded by Nero. That's a pretty amazing journey. What about Thomas? A work in progress. He was a loyalist. You know, a lot of people are down on Didymus. You know, Thomas, right? Oh, doubting Thomas. He was the most unspiritual of all, you know, 12 you know who the most unspiritual one is, right? Judas, right? Is he, though? I mean, all of us are unspiritual. All of us have denied and even betrayed Christ. But the difference is that we've repented. He didn't. But Thomas was a loyalist. He says in John 11:16, 16, when Jesus was in the most danger of being captured and killed, they knew that going back to Lazarus was a dangerous mission in John 11. And Thomas says, let's go with him. And die with him. You're like, whoa. That's, that's Thomas. He had great faith. He was, you got to remember how disheartened he was by the cross. He, you know, he, expectations can be the thing that makes us most disappointed. And for him, the cross was the biggest disappointment. You know, because he thought he, we were going to start a new kingdom. And so for him, he was just disheartened. And he became, uh, uh, you know, doubtful that Jesus would resurrect. And by the way, I would too. If I was Thomas, I'd be like, what? How does this happen? But then once Jesus visited him in that locked room and he said, my Lord and my God, he did not stop preaching. He was a work in progress, right? Jesus worked with these people in order to help them become the missionaries that he called them to be. And God's going to work with you. Amen? Amen? Work in progress. I'm a work in progress. You're a work in progress. You know, I went from hiding my Bible... Underneath the table, my first Bible study. To now look with me, I got the Bible out of the table and I'm preaching. Isn't it amazing how we're all works in progress, right? God has called me to third world countries in Europe. God's called me to plant churches. I don't think this is going to be the last church that I plant. I'm going to keep planting churches. I'm going to be a part of something I believe that's going to be saturating more towns in villages, in this world. Amen? Amen? God isn't through with you yet. What has he got planned for you? We're all works in progress. He's going to make you become. The, first, the only thing I want you to do, Thomas and me, isn't it funny? The great Thomas. And then there's my family, younger. Look how young Josh is. Oh my goodness. What in the world, Josh? They grow up fast, right? But we're all works in progress. I want you to, to, to sketch your journey. Can you do that this week? Can you sketch your journey? Can you, can you write down, you know, how you became a Christian? Some of the things and just list them. List them, just little points of what God's done in your life, how he's changed you, amen? List the different points because it'll give you perspective that you're a work in progress and that God's got you doing things and preparing you. You know, we have three young men studying the Bible right now. I don't want to blow them up. You know, we've got, we got three men studying the Bible right now, and it's really awesome. You've got the teens and growing teens and, and their work's in progress. And just as much as we're studying with them, we have to be learners like them, amen? amen? And really go after going, how can I follow Jesus more? How can I try these things that Jesus is calling us to do? Jesus asked them to do crazy things. Okay, I want you to go fishing, and you will get your tax in the fish's mouth, what, Jesus? So he goes, so he finds the fish, and he finds the, two, the drachma coin, right? And he's like, that's a crazy thing to ask someone to do, right? But, but if they didn't try it, if, what if Peter didn't put the line in, right? How would we even see that miracle? God's going to ask you to do some new things, amen? And it's encouraging when he does that. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Amen. My second point is you've got to try new things. And I remember, if, you know, we have a lot of younger families in the house. Who's ever listened to Daniel Tiger? I have. Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger is, a, is actually a, a spring off of, you know, uh, Mr. Rogers. And it's about the little Daniel Tiger puppet, right, in his whole world. You know, Tuesday and Friday and Wednesday and all these different people. Um, I don't know if there's a Friday, but I think... There is a Friday. Is it Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday? No, okay. Anyways, they sing all these songs that unfortunately get stuck in your head for life. Whoever made these songs are brainwashers. They wash your brain. They infect your mind in ways that you can never understand. If we understood, they need to work. Like, don't let them work for government. You know, don't let them work. I want them to work for the church, though. I want to hire these people because if we could... We could sing songs like this in the church. It would just stay with you all the time, you know? And one of the songs that, that, that um, you know, Noah and I, we chant them to each other all the time. <laughs> you got to try new things because it might taste good. That's, what he, that's the song. You got to try new things because they might taste good. And what they're trying to do is get you to try new things because kids are pretty limited sometimes in their palates, right? And so because it might taste good, right? And I'm going to say the same thing. you got to try new things because it might be good. Yeah. Amen? Amen? you got to try new things because it might be good. <laughs> We're going to sing it one more time. You're It's going, going to get in your mind. And I'm going to send you an email with the song to extra encourage you, okay? <laughs> No, shut it off. You know, there's another one about going potty. There's another one, and they're all in my minds, right? But I'm not gonna stay off topic. You gotta try new things. Cause it might be good. Let's go to Luke chapter five. I'm multi-talented. I can sing, dance, um, preach sometimes. Okay. Try new things. So in this series, we're gonna try new things. There are gonna be things like share with the witch of Endor, like what? I don't want to do that, Glenn. You know what? I wanna do it on my own way, you know? Can you just do it? Try it. You know? Oh, I don't like that food. It looks yucky. You know? That's what kids say, right? Yeah. I remember I thought lobster was yucky. <laughs> I was like, this is gross. I don't want to eat it. We went up to, to Freeport, I was I was, you know, with my mom. She's like, just try it, honey, just try it. I'm going to dip it in butter. I'm like, dip it in butter. Ah, you know, I'm eight years old. Then I tasted that sweet morsel of meat with the yes. butter dripping. Yes. And I was like, you got to try new things because it might taste good. You know, and, and, and I've eaten thousands of those crustaceans in my lifetime. You know, I mean, it's amazing. Tim's, Tim's our rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Yes. Are you kidding me? Tim's rehearsed at dinner, all you can eat lobster. That's what we had. That was pretty epic, right? We were just... I mean, Steve LaFrance, if you knew him, he didn't ever eat a lobster ever since. He came here, so this is the first time eating lobster. And of course, my brother's just getting drenched with the liquid, you know what I mean? He's just getting destroyed. He's like, what's happening here? I'm like... Just keep going. He's like, it's so good. I'm so messy. I'm like, don't even look at anyone. Just keep eating. <laughs> Luke 5, in verse 1, it says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. He saw at the waters had two boats left there by fishermen. Who were washing their nets, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said, Put out into deeper water, let the nets down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. I love this part. But because you say so, I'll try. I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Then they signaled the partners in another boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon saw this, he fell at the knees, Jesus' knees and said, "Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man." For he and his companions were astonished at the catch that the fish had taken, the fish that they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible. You know, this is, we are all Peter in the boat. We're all Peter in the boat going, we've tried this missionary thing. It's hard. It's not easy to catch men. Why did we think that was easy, by the way, to catch men? To catch a soul. An eternal being for Christ? Are you kidding me? That's, that's deep, amazing work that takes skill and time and effort. Amen? But it's worth it. You know, I love this passage, Isaiah forty-three, nineteen. You can write it down and just meditate, it this, meditate on this week. Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a, a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. You know, this, this land, you could say, is a wasteland, yeah. spiritually. And I know that's a pretty deep thing to say out loud, but it's true. Yeah. People need Jesus so much here. Yeah. And God says, forget the former things. I'm doing a new thing. You know, a new thing. In the book, it, it, it continues every day. It says ready. And it's a great way to read scripture. First, you read the scripture. Then you examine the scripture. Then you apply the scripture. Then you try to do something. And then you pray. Right? Yield. This is kind of the thing that's in the book. In every single thing you read, it's a great way to read God's word, honestly. And the acronym spells out ready. You know, are you ready to live out God's word when it comes to being a missionary? Here's some of the things you're going to be asked to try new things. Find a place of prayer in your hometown. Choose one of your idols and stop worshipping it today. Whoa, that's going to be awesome. That's a little scary, but amen. Study the Bible with someone. Scavangelism, right? The challenge. Practice hospitality, doing a family group, Bible talk, inviting people to an all-together gospel night, studying the Bible with someone and baptizing them. That's exactly, it goes kind of through that and it's so exciting. But you got to try new things. Because it might be miraculous. Let us follow Jesus. And even though we might go, I've worked hard all night. But because you said so, Jesus. That's why it's so important to follow him. Yeah. I'll let down the nets. In that moment, it's usually that moment, in my experience, where I want to give up. I kind of want to stop doing this fisherman thing. But then I say, you know what? Because you said so, Jesus, I'll do it. So many times that's happened where I've met my best friend in the faith. So many times where I've helped people become Christians. When I've just followed Jesus and did what he said. Let's follow him and let's try new things. Because it might be miraculous. Amen. Amen. Amen.